Hey guys, it's Derek. We're back on the podcast. And this week, Ash and I are sitting down to discuss our 10-week deficit, or a better way to phrase it would be Ash's 10-week deficit, leading into the most recent ballistic performance photo shoot, why we were in that deficit, what led to that decision, how we ensured that we were in a deficit throughout those 10 weeks in order to accomplish our body composition goals leading into that shoot, and really what factors you need to consider when you are moving yourself into a caloric deficit and trying to achieve some sort of body composition-related goal. We hope that you're able to take something from this podcast and apply it to your own nutrition and fitness journey. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. Alright everybody, welcome back to Ballistic Performance Radio. This is episode number 55 and I'm here once again with Ash. Ash, how are you feeling today? I am good. How are you? Feeling great. We've had a very productive morning so I cannot complain. And uh, the day is still young. It's only 12 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I got up at 5.30 this morning on a Saturday so I am feeling like a maniac. I'm feeling <laughs> like a super productive freak show. You also went to bed at 9 p.m. Just I did. That out I, it might have been 10. It might no, have been 10. I, I went to bed at 10. Okay. You were passed out, Julie. <laughs> and I passed out on the ottoman, not even on the whole couch, on yeah. the ottoman. And I woke up at midnight and came into the bedroom. Uh, anyway, I'm feeling good today. I know you're feeling good. And uh, we're here today to talk to y'all about our little 10-week uh, caloric deficit that we just went through. Yeah. So a little backstory, we just did our first photo shoot for Ballistic Performance last week, that was, last weekend. So last weekend, we did our first photo shoot, and leading into the photo shoot, we were pretty open on all of our channels about the fact that we were going to be in a caloric deficit leading up to the photo shoot, just to look the way we wanted to look for these photos. Mm -hmm. Now, it wasn't because we were taking our shirt off in every single photo, right? We had our shirts off in a couple, but the majority, we were fully clothed. So it was not just to look shredded. And by no means did we get to the point where we were, you know, six and 8% body fat looking like unsustainable freaks. Mm -hmm. We just wanted to look a little bit leaner leading into that shoot. Yeah, I think partly for me, too, is I have not been in a calorie deficit for like an actual one for a few years. And I wanted to just do one before probably doing one before our wedding. Yeah, just like a little little confidence boost. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Little like challenge to yourself. Yeah, I can do this. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, Ash tells me it was 10 weeks. I'm not sure how long it actually was. It might have been 10 weeks. It wasn't 10 weeks for me. I was going to say, let's let's go through your, so, your approach That's first. how I was going to do it. And I was going to break go it down. So we're going to break this down for you based off of each of our approaches, mm-hmm. our strategies. Total difference. So yeah, totally so different. you can see a huge difference in how they both were successful. And then we'll just talk in general about you know, what being in a caloric deficit means, how, we, how you should a- attack that and approach that. And so for me... Leading into the photo shoot, I knew that my body would change faster, right? My body has always reacted faster. Not fast. Oh, here. Oh, go ahead. You know what I'm talking about. My body changes at a more rapid pace, typically, than yours does. There's nothing wrong with that. She's getting upset because mm, now she thinks this I is agree. a competition. So, yeah. anyway, uh, so I wasn't as strict 
as Ash was leading into this. And so for me, it was much more about just really eliminating a few things that I had been indulging and enjoying, you know, the last, what, probably a year or two that I didn't necessarily need that weren't conducive to me changing my body composition. So for example, you know, eliminating, uh, the yogurt that I had in the morning with the blueberries or no, excuse me, eliminating the smoothie that we were having just because of the huge amount of fruit that was in it. Not saying fruit's bad. We had just been eating you more bloated. Yeah. It was making me a little more bloated. I was eating a lot of fruit throughout the whole day after that. So it was just too much. Uh, so eliminating that going back to eggs. Um, what else happened? I was more aware of what I was eating for lunch. So making sure that I wasn't, uh, snacking on like crackers and stuff like I typically would. <laughs> and then finally at night, our dinners are always pretty dialed in, but eliminating the little bit of dark chocolate I was having after dinner. <laughs> now, before you say anything, that didn't last very long. <laughs> I only did all of that for a couple of weeks, if that. And then from there, I just increased my activity level a lot because I got this new job. So I went from probably taking 5,000 steps a day to doing 20,000 plus. True. And on top of that, I continued to train and just made very, very, I just ate fewer calories really when it came down to it because of the new job and just, you know, throughout my whole day. So for me, it was much more about increased activity and less total calories than it was about necessarily quality or you know specific macros or anything like that. Yeah. And I was still able to see small changes in body composition. Now again, by no means did I get down to 6% body fat and look absolutely shredded, but I got to the point where I clearly could see a difference in my body composition leading into the shoot, and that's all I really wanted. Yeah. So for me, it wasn't as regimented or you know measured or methodical or structured as it was for you, Yeah, but, but you- I was still able to accomplish my goal. Yeah, I mean my, my nutrition looks a lot more structured, methodical all the time, yeah. whether we're in a calorie deficit or not. Yeah, So I think sure. that makes sense. <laughs> um, now, w- w- quick question for you. With your training, you still we were still doing 60 minutes. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I didn't increase my amount of training. My activity level was increased just due to the number of steps per day I was taking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm walking anywhere from five to seven plus miles in the neighborhood. And so that adds a lot of steps to your day and that makes a big difference i always tell people they underestimate how powerful walking can be it can be really freaking powerful yeah with all of my clients when we go into a calorie deficit one of our like non-negotiables is hitting eight to ten thousand steps per day yeah because that that like derek said it can absolutely make a difference well and i think one one last thing to know here then we'll get your take on everything the only thing I did really track throughout that whole process and really the only thing I ever track and it's very casual is my protein intake. And so throughout the day, I do measure the the amount of protein that I'm eating throughout every day. Mm-hmm. And I eat the same things every day, so it's not hard. And really, I'm only consuming about 150 grams of protein a day. Yeah, which the, like that's It's low a little low for, for me. Well, that's what I'm getting at yeah. is... So I had mentioned I was eating less total calories and that was part of it. I was eating less food, less high quality foods and even lower protein than I typically would. Yeah. Uh, Which I I think if we knew that, we would have, we would not have had you Well, that's what I was just going to say. That wasn't purposeful. 
it just happened to be that way because I just continued to eat what I had been eating. And it wasn't until just recently that I realized, oh, I'm definitely not eating enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, so that was just happened to be a coincidental thing that occurred. Yeah. But that definitely aided in the fact that I ate less calories. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now for you, explain your journey through that little 10 week uh, deficit. Yeah. So, I mean, we've talked about this before. I always track my food. Yes. I probably take one to two days off every week where I don't track when I'm not in a calorie deficit. And so that was honestly probably the biggest difference for the first seven ish weeks. I tracked my food. I out of those seven weeks, I probably didn't track like, let's say three to four times. Uh, So I went from not tracking one to two days per week to basically tracking every day and but not really changing anything up the biggest thing that I noticed was on the weekends when I don't track yeah I usually eat a little bit more carbs and just a little bit more calories in general and when I say a little bit probably anywhere from 300 to maybe 500 calories but we're like we're already walking around pretty lean. So like to make that next step, yes, those 300 to 500 calories make a difference for us. When for, I'm going to say the general population, like that might not make a difference. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, And then the final three, let's say two to three weeks, that's when I started to like, I stopped eating that our two pieces of dark chocolate at night. And I was talking to a, one of my clients about this and she's like, do you think those two pieces of dark chocolate like really make a difference? And my answer to her was absolutely not. Honestly, why I cut it out was because that one night I turned to you and I'm like, I feel like I need that dark chocolate. And I'm like, eh, that's probably not the best thing to feel like I need something. So th- that was literally just to break a habit. I was in the habit of eating dark chocolate every night after dinner. And so I stopped doing that for, like I said, two to three weeks. And I, over the two, three weeks, I decreased my fiber which basically meant I decreased my veggie intake a little bit. And that, I noticed, made a huge difference in my body composition. Uh, I was just retaining a little bit less water. And yeah, that's basically it. Got it. And so, you know, obviously anybody listening, you can see the difference between the two, right? Ash is a much better example of what it means to be in a caloric deficit and leading into that versus what... I had done. Yeah. I Well, I don't even think it's a better example. It's just totally different. There's but you two were eating higher quality it. foods. Oh, yes. For like general health, yes. Yes. Mine's definitely. And I always find it so difficult like with with you <laughs> because I don't like you don't you don't really know if you were in a calorie deficit. If you don't track, you don't know. So that's where it's like... But my body composition doesn't change, so I must have been in a caloric deficit. Yeah, yeah. Right? For anyone out there, yes, you do need to measure to know because you don't know what you don't measure. But for me, the only reason that I think 
it remotely worked is that I had been so diligent about tracking what I ate for so long that I yeah. can eyeball what I'm eating. And just based off of the fact that I'm a creature of having to eat the same things yeah, every absolutely. day, I can look at my plate and know if I'm eating more or less. A normal per even me, like I'm not confident with that. So a normal person is not going right. to be. But for me, I was able to do that. Absolutely. And so that's why there were changes. It's not like I was lucky. I just have a really, really good understanding of how much I'm eating and what I was eating. So yeah. that's the only reason it worked for me. Now, in general, you know, for anyone who is trying to do something similar to what we did, do a small deficit leading into some kind of event or just trying to lose weight in general, you shouldn't do what I did, right? You shouldn't just wing it and hope for the best, you do need to be in a caloric deficit if you want to change your body composition, right? Well, or a caloric surplus, technically, if you're trying to gain weight. Mm -hmm. But you need to measure. You need to track in some way. And the quality is going to make a difference. If you are eating in a calorie deficit, but it's filled with crackers and what else like cereal she's using me as an example (laughs) and i was literally like what else does Derek eat but that's like let's just say crackers cereal and uh reese's like your body composition yeah you might lose weight on the scale but it is not going to look the way that you want it to yeah for sure yeah quality we always preach this right food quality and quantity both matter yeah absolutely Uh, you've got to measure and be conscious of both uh, and so, yeah, that's, I mean, that was our entire intent of that little, that little 10 week cut was to change our body composition leading into the shoot. No, and okay. I think we accomplished that. Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to ask you, I'm not sure if you did this, but did you step on the scale at all? Like, do you know if you lost weight or? I did once. So I did oh once. No, I did once before we started. And then I just happened to randomly step on once before <laughs> or before we Again, ended. Again, like this is everything I don't do with my clients. Uh, oh. and, but I did lose I did lose three pounds. Oh, you didn't tell me that. Yeah. So it did decrease. So that was and I measure I weighed myself at the <laughs> same time as I had previous. OK, that's one, and one good thing. At the same, you know, with the same amount of. I weighed myself in the morning before I did anything mm-hmm. before we ever started a deficit. And then at the end, I weighed myself in the morning before I did or ate anything again. So it was consistent. Perfect. And it was different. Now, three pounds, that could be nothing, right? That could be literally water weight. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I actually lost three pounds. But just to answer your question, yes, I stepped on the scale once. <laughs> <laughs> so again, with me, totally different approach. I stepped on the scale... I probably did not step on the scale like three times out of that seven week or 10 weeks. Uh, and what I saw was a huge fluctuation. And I'm going to post this on social media uh, probably before this episode comes out. But there I started at like 144, I believe, was my highest like weigh in. And then I ended at like 137. Point five, I want to say. Um, and, but it was seriously like I would fluctuate. I told you some days I'd be three pounds heavier. Some days I'd be three pounds lighter. And it was a constant up and down until about the last week where it, even now it's stayed 137, 138. And that is 
totally normal. That's why with my clients and myself, I always recommend as long as you, the scale is not making you feel like extreme emotion, like a negative emotion. I think it's so important to look at those weekly averages because like Derek said, those three pounds that he might've been three pounds heavier the next day. So really he didn't lose anything. Like it's all about that average. So that's why taking your weight daily helps us really see what's going on. Yeah, for Does sure. Does that make sense? You, have, you definitely have to go with the average. And, uh, you know, just to kind of expand on that a little bit, you can't get all jacked up about the daily numbers like Ash just hit on. Like, seriously, you cannot get jacked up about them. Yeah. There can be fluctuations of anywhere from, you know, half a pound to four pounds in some circumstances just from things like water retention, your fiber intake, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the stress on your body. Sleep. All, yeah, sleep. All these different things impact your weight. And Soreness. so to base your progress solely on daily numbers is just outrageous. That's not what's going to... That's not an actual representation of where you're at. Look at the weekly average. Focus on, you know, the broad view, the macro view of, okay, here's where mm -hmm. I was. Here's where I am now. Because that's what's going to show you the progress, not the daily fluctuation of the scale. Yeah. And I think reminding yourself of that, because I've been there. Like when I first changed my body comp, like when things weren't consistently going down, it was hard to see that scale go up one to two pounds. It's like, oh, what did I do yesterday that was wrong? When in reality, that is not the case. So reminding yourself that there's so much more than just that number on the scale. And there's so much that goes into that scale weight. So constantly reminding yourself of that before you step on the scale, I think can really help. Yeah. The way I look at it is the scale is just one other metric that you have mm -hmm. in this, you know, this, uh, like a tool. Entire, in the toolbox. Yeah. It's like another tool in the toolbox. It's just one number in a whole scheme of numbers that you're using to track your progress. I mean, really your progress is, is truly measured by how you look, how you feel, how you perform, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't matter what the scale says that again, that's just another data point to help solidify the fact that you're moving in the right direction, but it's not actual true progress, right? Like the true progress is, do my clothes look and feel different? Do I feel better in the gym? Do I yeah. feel better throughout the day? Does my body composition actually look different? Like, do I look different when I'm naked? Yeah. And all those things are truly the progress. The number is just a number. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think we've seen it with a few clients. They've either stayed the exact same weight or increased weight on the scale, but their body composition they're down like three pant sizes. Yeah, exactly. So, so just keeping in that, that in mind, I think is really, really important. For sure. And I think I want to just touch on too, before we shift gears and answer a few questions that you've gotten while speaking with some clients, let's say this. If you are truly going to move yourself into a caloric deficit, I don't want you to take to heart the way, you know, the method that I use because that's not how I would do it if I was truly, truly trying to achieve a body composition that I know is is difficult to hit. Does that make sense? Like, if I was shooting for a really aggressive goal or a really lofty yeah, goal, yeah, I mean, in terms because you're body already lean, right? So if I'm saying, let's just use an example. If I wanted to walk around at five percent body fat, I would not just cut out my crackers and dark chocolate and hope for the best. <laughs> I would definitely need to be in a caloric deficit to where I am 
weighing and measuring every single thing I eat. Mm-hmm. It need it would need to be very regimented. I would need to be in a more significant and a you know legitimate caloric deficit in order to make that happen. So for anyone out there who's trying to prepare for an event or a special occasion or whatever it may be, a wedding, and you're going for some kind of lofty goal like that, you need to be structured. You need to be regimented. You need to measure because you don't know what you don't measure. So don't use me as the example here. Use Ash as the example. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, but it's it's still good to hear both situations. Yeah, for like sure. Experiences. Okay. Should we answer some questions here? Yeah. So, uh, how we talked about, I didn't do my math right. Did I lose like seven pounds? 144 to 137. Yes, seven pounds. Okay. And you lost like three pounds. What is the normal or healthy rate of weight loss? Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to depend what book you read, who you talk to. But in general, I think it's the, the consensus of most of these organizations and most coaches that you know, half a pound to two pounds a week is an acceptable rate. I mean, two pounds is a little fast, yeah. but I would say half a pound to a pound is mm-hmm. going to be uh, acceptable and sustainable in yeah. general. And I think too, sometimes I'll see a little bit faster rate at the beginning because maybe we made kind of a bigger change. But if you are consistently seeing, and again, that's where that average comes in because if you're only weighing yourself every Wednesday, that is not a true indication of the half a pound to a pound. Right. Um, and I'm trying to think what else. Oh, I, I get this question a lot, but were we hungry? Yeah. So, well, let me just say this. I wasn't necessarily hungry. Now, here's the deal, though. Hunger is typically part of a deficit. Yeah. It's okay. I hate when people say you shouldn't be hungry. Mm -hmm. It's okay to be hungry when you're in a caloric deficit. You're eating less. Your body is adapting to that. You're going to feel those signals of hunger. It is completely normal and okay. Anyone who tells you different is full of shit because Mm -hmm. you're changing something. Your body has to adapt to less calories. So yes, you're going to feel hungry. I know you felt hungry, right? Yeah. So I... uh... Both times I have been in a calorie deficit, I definitely experienced some hunger. Now, is it a hunger to where I'm like ravenous? Like I feel like I need to be ravenous? No. But it's like that hungry where it's like, I could eat. But it when you know you're supposed to be, like when you know you're in a calorie deficit, you have that mindset and you're like kind of expecting the hunger a little bit more. It's that's when it's like, okay, I'm just, I'm going to drink some water. Like this is, this is okay. It's when it starts to affect other parts of your life. So if you're waking up in the middle of the night, multiple times starving, that's where it's, that's a sign that we probably should no longer be in a deficit or we're too far into a deficit. Yeah, for sure. And you know, just because I wasn't hungry in this last little phase that we had, when I was bodybuilding, when I was eating zone, when I was weighing and measuring everything I ate, tracking macros, like, yes, there was always times where I was hungry. Like, like, not, a, con- not, not constantly. Yeah, not constantly. But there were all like when I was in a caloric deficit. Yes, there were times where I was hungry. It's like I said, it's completely normal. I've been there plenty of times. And 
I think that's just what I'm trying to get across is yes, you will feel that. And it's up to you to differentiate between, Hey, I'm really just craving food, like from a psychological standpoint. And maybe I am truly a little bit hungry, but if I eat some water, if I engage in some kind of activity or drink some water, (laughs) engage in some kind of activity, start working again, I'm going to be fine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Another question that I receive a lot is, or I guess that I receive a lot and that I don't think is talked about enough is how long should you be in a calorie deficit? Because a lot of people come and work with ballistic performance and they are like, well, I've been trying to diet for the last five years. And so people don't understand the importance. Like we talk about periodization all the time with fitness. Like we know that, or you should know that like you need deload weeks and there like there's a rhyme and reason for everything. Well, the same goes with nutrition. Like we should typically what I tell people is we should only be in a deficit for like 12 to 16 weeks at most. And that's where we have to transition back to maintenance because of metabolic adaptation. And do you want to kind of go over that or do you want me to? I'll let you keep carrying it away. Okay. So with well so I said because of metabolic adaptation but also just for our health like our hormone health and uh, health in general so our body is so smart it is going to adapt to whatever you you give it so let's say you're in a calorie deficit and you're eating 1900 calories well your body eventually is going to adapt to those 1900 calories And you are no longer going to lose weight. So then you go to 1,800 calories. After a little while, your body's going to adapt to that. And so on. So imagine you get down to 1,200 calories and your body's adapting to that. A lot of things in your health are going to suffer because literally a toddler, their recommendation is to eat 1,200 calories. So if you're doing it as a grown adult with a job, probably with a family, that's not a good sign. So because that happens, that's why it's so important that we are in a calorie deficit, but then we transition to maintenance or even a surplus maybe for a few months. And that could be three, four, maybe even five months that we're in that maintenance phase if we didn't achieve like our our deficit goal. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, And that's where I talk with my clients a lot about, okay, we go into that deficit. It is the 12-week mark. Nothing is like happening. Like they're not showing any signs that we necessarily need to reverse back to maintenance, but let's just say they're kind of ready. And if we do it in a smart, methodical, slow way, then ideally body comp won't change significantly. It's when you start to add in like 500 or 1,000 calories or you're not tracking at all and it's just kind of whatever, whenever, that you end up gaining all that weight back. Does that make sense? Yep. Um, and then what else? So one more thing that I did want to hit on is 
that example I just gave, like the individual, and this is actually someone right now, that individual is not experiencing any signs or symptoms that she needs to reverse. Um, that is something to keep an eye on. Like I said, when we are in a calorie deficit, or I don't even know if we've said this yet, but it is placing strain on your body. It is stress. And so sometimes if stress is too high or we're just doing too much, there can be like warning signs that we probably, that's like an easy thing to fix. We need to move out of a calorie deficit. And that can be things like you feel extremely agitated all the time. It can be you feel like you have a set of macro numbers or a calorie goal that you're hitting, but you feel like you're craving everything always. And it just, you feel like you can't do it anymore. Uh, It can be, like I mentioned before, you're waking up in the middle of the night and staying up for a few hours. You're not able to go back to bed. It can be just feelings of like anxiety, just anxious, overwhelmed all the time. Uh, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else that you... You're not able to uh, recover properly when it comes to like activity. Anything else? No, I think those are good examples. Yeah. Uh, one more, sorry. With hormone health, if you're a female, getting irregular periods or lack of menstruation is huge. And then uh, men, like not having morning wood, that can be a sign as well. Mm-hmm. I think Absolutely. that's, I think those are like the main signs that I talk with clients about. Um, anything else? I don't believe so. I feel so. like I just talked a lot. You did. That's probably the it. most I've ever talked in a podcast. That's ever. what I was thinking the whole I'm time. I'm stressed. <laughs> I was thinking that I'm like, people are going to, did mess- I say anything dumb? People are going to message us and say like, I've never heard her speak that much. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> well, cause I'm so, Oh, I'm so passionate about this. Like, like I said a few times or a few minutes ago, it's something that people don't talk about. And it's something that I wasn't told or taught when I first went into a deficit. Like periodization oh, is so important and I'm passionate about it. <laughs> Obviously. Well, if you ever need to talk periodization, you know who to hit up. But uh, no, I agree with everything you said. That was all awesome. And uh, I think that might be a good way to cap it off as well. <laughs> So yeah, guys, if you have any questions about, you know, the deficit that I'll say Ash was in, the the deficit (laughs) that Ash was in or what she did to prepare for that, that photo shoot in that 10 week uh, timeframe there, make sure you reach out to us, hit us up. Uh, She would love to answer your questions and obviously talk about periodization. Oh my gosh. I'm just kidding, babe. And, uh, but yeah, we're always here to answer any questions you have. So make sure you do so. Uh, you can reach out to us on Instagram through DM or Facebook message or email. You can email hello at trainballistic.com and uh, we'd love to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a pleasure having all of you here this week and we will see you next week. Bye. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Whether this is your first time tuning in or if you're here with us each and every week, we cannot thank you enough. We appreciate you so much and we could not do this without you. If you enjoy what you hear on this channel, please head over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, drop a comment in there as well. That is how we gain more recognition and reach more people and change more lives through the platform. If you aren't following us already, make sure you hit us up on Instagram. Our handle is ballistic.performance. Check us out on Facebook as well at Ballistic Performance and one of the most underrated platforms, right? TikTok, get on there, check us out. Our handle is Ballistic Performance. There are 
hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fitness videos on there. So if you have not checked that out, you are missing out. But at any time, guys, if you have questions, you want to just chat, please reach out to us. We are always here to help you, to answer your questions, to just speak with you and get to know you a little bit better, to build that relationship. You can send us a DM, hit us up on Facebook Messenger, or just send us an email to hello at trainballistic.com. But as always, we appreciate you being here with us, and we look forward to seeing you next week.